Welcome to the Modern MBA podcast with Marie Kerwin and Kristen Rossi. Our mission is to help MBAs coming from, going into, or merely considering more unorthodox career paths. We're a community to find inspiration and share stories. Today we're speaking with Rashi Tucker, who after a role with Estee Lauder, moved into her family company, did an MBA, and today is the founder of her own company, House of Aroma. Could you start off by just telling us a bit about yourself, so your name, where you're from, and why you decided to do an MBA? So my name, as you both know, is Rashi, uh, Rashi Thakkar. I'm from Bombay, and um, I guess why I decided to do the MBA was a bit of a gradual journey for me. So I'll give you a brief up till the time when I decided to do the MBA. So um, right after my undergrad, like I studied mass media and I worked in a couple of uh, digital marketing agencies where I handled brands from, you know, the outside perspective. And that really intrigued me. And I wanted to understand how brands work from the inside. And that's when mm. I started working with uh, the Estee Lauder companies. And I, th- I think that was by far the best learning experience I've had in my life because that was the first corporate job I had. And India was a small but booming market at that time. So our teams were very lean and I had the exposure to work on not only marketing, but a lot of, lot of other things. Like I would do pricing, um, I would do PR, I would do logistics, I did store design, I did uh, visual merchandising. So that was sort oh. of my first exposure to um, a lot of different aspects of business. And that's when I decided I want to start something of my own. So while I decided that, I thought working in my family business was the best place then to learn how to start something from scratch and build it by myself. So I... Oh. Um, transition from Estee Lauder into my family business. At my family business, I was further exposed to even more functions of business such as um, HR, which, you know, I wouldn't do at a a corporate uh, company. So I was involved in HR, I was involved in uh, supply chain management, I was involved in raw material sourcing, uh, I was involved in like client management uh, um, and a lot of different other things. Um, and also it was, uh, it was a very technical field, my family business, cause we're into uh, manufacturing of flavors and fragrances. So there was mm. obviously lots to learn there too. So at that point in time, I decided to, uh, do an MBA because I had had a brief insight into several different aspects of business, but I, I did realize that I still need to strengthen my foundation and, you know, sort of garner more skills in each of these functions. So that's when I decided to do an MBA. There was also a point when I considered doing um, an MBA in luxury brand management because I enjoyed working mm. at Steel Order. But mm. um, I stuck to doing a generic one at Warwick because, um, like I said, I think my main agenda of doing an MBA was to hone my skills in all these different aspects of business, which a luxury brand management wouldn't give me. Excellent, thank you. Um, so, tell us a bit more about your family business. So, you mentioned that um, that it focuses on manage- manufacturing um, flavorings and, and scents. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. So, who is who's kind of involved in your family business, and what was um, what was your role as well when you were working there? Um, so, my family business went into, like I said, went into manufacturing of industrial fragrances and flavors. So, it's a B2B model. And mm. 
was started by my grandfather uh, 60 years ago and now it's uh, it mainly involves my dad uh, my dad's brother and uh, while i worked with them it was me so they gave me the role of a junior partner and at first when i joined it was a lot of lot of learning because uh, manufacturing of flavors and fragrances involves like a lot of chemical formulations a lot of different raw materials you need to understand how each one of them smells how each one of them tastes so it was a lot of technical learning um mm. and also i think uh, it was a very different environment for me when i moved into there from estee lauder because estee lauder was a very typical corporate with strict guidelines um, everything had to be done through approvals whereas in my family business everything was very uh, intuitive based it was emotional based there were no structures um so when i joined in a, a very key part of my responsibility was to bring in a structure into how we were doing things because that was the only way to move forward to make us more efficient um uh, so you know i had to bring in structures in the way uh, we were supplying raw materials how things uh, i'm sorry how we were sourcing raw materials how things were documented how we would you know get in touch with clients how we were keeping a record of our feedback how the feedback would then very efficiently be given to the production team to you know for the feedback to be incorporated so that was one of my responsibilities and another of my responsibilities was they gave me one of our um, key clients it was called uh, the ds group so i was responsible right. for uh, dealing with them from start to finish so understanding what exactly their requirements have been in the past what are the requirements mm. now what new can we offer what feedback do they have how we can incorporate that feedback how we can give suggestions from our end so um while dealing with them and in an effort to bring in more structure i also worked with a software company and introduced something that uh, would help us anticipate their demand before it actually came in so for us how right. the demand uh, worked was that um certain products uh, would be contract basis so they would have a contract with us and say that you know in this year we're going to buy x quantity of this or in such a period um some for flavor so the uh, so this comp- this uh, ds group landed a mineral water as well and we gave them flavors for mineral water so that would be very seasonal based because uh, the demand would rise in summer for india mm. and uh, and obviously there would be some other requirements that would be like ad hoc which would come in as when the company feels that they need the product so um because um, there was a sort of lack of structure at our end i came up with something that would help us put all of these different types of demands together and anticipate before the demand came in so we could sort of backtrack and predict you know obviously not in an exact manner but sort of predict when they would need what so uh, you know we can arrange raw material sourcing accordingly we can line up a manufacturing process accordingly we can uh, distribute labor accordingly so obviously that was still under trial and error but it it really helped and i think such such programs exist in the industry but it was it was new for our company so i had to help them oh. do that and then another part of this activity was also uh, automating and sort of trying to digitize everything like i said our, our family business is very emotional and intuitive based so i think one of the problems we had is that most of our workers have been working with us for over 20 30 years now so they're very used to working in a particular way and also the company because it's family we treat the company as family we were not we did not even though we knew we don't need all of them to work with us anymore and there are newer technologies that we can put in place we did not want to let them go because they've been working with us for so long and it sort of felt like yeah. letting go of family 
but i think that's that's where they needed me to come in so i did um, you know did calculate and we did have redundant staff which had to be let go uh, there were some new machines that we needed in place which um, you know we all agreed and then we got those in place so i think that was also a part of my responsibility there one question rashi hmm from from that perspective so it, you had to let some people go but obviously some people would have stayed and hmm. with the new changes how did you deal with implementing them was there from an organizational behavior perspective was there any sort of kickback from the employees that stayed with the new processes and if yes how did you handle them i think it sort of helped us in a way i think this involved like a lot of understanding the people and you know a lot of practices from an hr perspective which i now understand after the mba of you know mm-hmm. like you know when we were doing the mba all of these thoughts did come to my head like even when we were doing the leadership plus module like a lot of these things applied to what i did back there so mm-hmm. um i think it helped us in a way because when we were employing um newer people they were uncomfortable with the fact that there are people who've been working here for over 30 40 years who probably don't do as much as the newer people are doing but still get paid more just by the virtue of the fact that they've been there for like 40 years and the salary was just incremental so okay so so when we let go of those people i think overall everyone's productivity started increasing because people because people had become very stagnant in the company because they knew that irrespective of what they do we're not going to let them go they had been here for 40 years they knew it, they had seen literally my you know my father grow up hmm. so i think from that perspective when we let go of a few people everyone sort of got the sense that okay you know now we better we better sort of pull our socks off so hmm. it helped us from that perspective so i think it was good yeah that makes sense and 30 40 years is like it's such a long amount of time <laughs> yeah. to be with yeah. a company as well like i <laughs> yeah i can't even imagine <laughs> and if i can just summarize in a sense you were really brought on in a way in your family family business to streamline the processes and try yeah. and bring some innovation yeah. and, yeah. and modern modernity to the company yeah So so you were with your family business and then you came to do the MBA at Warwick which we've talked about a bit. Mm-hmm. Um so what was kind of the what was the catalyst for moving away from your family business um and actually creating something something of your own? So I think I always knew I wanted to start uh, something of my own which is why I went to the family business to you know learn how my family had been doing it since so many years. So while before I left for the MBA um and from what I was learning in the family business I did do like a small experiment so I have a brand now called House of Aroma and before I left um I I sort of knew that's what I want to do so just as an experiment I launched a few products and I put them up on Amazon just to gauge if there was any sort of demand for the products that I wanted to sell and there uh, the response was phenomenal without any marketing activities I would sell like Four five hundred products a month by just simply listing Whoa. them. Wow! Simply listing them on Amazon. So I knew that there is a lot of scope uh, for these products. But by then I had already enrolled for the MBA and I had to go. But so um, it was an autopilot while I was gone because uh, uh, my dad did help me take care of it and uh, he would use his office resources to do whatever logistics that was needed. So I was mm. I had him to take care of that. So. it was listed on amazon for a while while i through the year while i was in the mba as well and 
when I got back, I knew that uh, I want to take it up and continue from there. And uh, also, I think one of the main catalyst was that. Uh, so what I do is um, uh, aromatherapy products like fragrance oils, essential oils, scented candles, diffusers, and the fragrance used in all of these products are already manufactured mm. by my family business. So for most companies that plan to start this, um, the quality and where to source the products from or how to manufacture these products is a big challenge. But for me, that backend was already in place because of my family business. So mm-hmm. literally all I had, and I already knew that there was demand. So now all I had to do was brand the products and market them, which I had been doing through my entire career. So I knew that, you know, this would, the opportunity was right there. All I had to do was, you know, start working on it. So I source everything from my family business, which helps me really, really control the prices because my mm. family buys everything, um, say in bulk, the kind of bulk that I wouldn't need because that's a B2B model and I'm B2B. Mm. So, uh, the, so the pricing sort of really, uh, I can really keep my prices low because my costs are low and also I can really have a strong hold on quality. So that sort of became the USP of my brand. So that's that. I think that was one of the strong reasons because the opportunity was right there. The back end was already in place. Mm, yeah, yeah. I guess, like you say, having that relationship with your family businesses is so important, and it does give you that kind of like that that unique edge. Yeah, yeah. And also, I think it helps the economies of scale, as you said, because you can yeah, yeah, them. exactly. Because they do everything on a much larger scale than I do, so their costs are low, and me buying from them helps my costs as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. so coming back to the MBA a bit um I mean obviously so like you said you'd you'd put some products up and you kind of tested them before you actually and before you came to Warwick but was there anything that you did kind of during the MBA that you feel helped you when it came to starting your own business um any courses you took or any like extra sorry extracurricular activities that you were involved with Doing the MBA um, definitely broadened my vision and perspective for sure because and I think one of the main reasons for that was uh, the kind of people I met at the MBA. I obviously knew I was doing this business when I got back, when I would get back. But, um, you know, my vision about how how much I can expand this business and where I can go and what I can do surely broadened because of the MBA and the kind of exposure I got at the MBA and the kind of people I met. I think in terms of the courses, I did do the entrepreneurship specialism. Yeah, because I knew I wanted to go back to this. And um, obviously that was um, a lot of theory, but I help, it helped me in this one very unique perspective is that uh, I had never ever thought about uh, raising funds for my venture. I always, I was always of the perspective that, you know, I wouldn't want to do something like that because that would take away my equity from me about, and it's my baby, something I'm building, which I don't want to give a share off to anybody else. But I mm-hmm. think that module at least got me thinking was, I remember one of the professors said that it's, you'd rather have 10% of a very big pie than have the 100% of the pie yourself and mm. the, the growth and the speed of your comp- the speed at which your company is growing is just going to manifold by I don't know how many times if you know you do decide to raise funding which is very true because I am growing but I am growing at a much slower pace because of a lot of restrictions which would go away was I to raise funding 
so i think uh, that was definitely an aspect which i now know i can consider in the future if not now but before i did that course i was i was definitely no on that as aspect i was like there's no way i'd ever raise funding for you know my company so i think it helped me in that perspective yeah that makes sense so it's kind of a question of of getting like different perspectives yeah yeah i think so it what the mba really did for me it it did help me consider a lot of different perspectives and i think in in terms of skills i think um the one thing i definitely learned at the mba was to open up to more and uh, a lot of different kind of people because my entire uh, education and career has been in bombay in literally in and around the radius of my house so there was there was not there was only that much that i could interact with different kind of people but the mba really really gave me the platform to meet so many different people that now i think that if i had to go with my business idea to any client in any country i i wouldn't you know i wouldn't second guess myself because because i like I, i think the mba just made me comfortable enough to interact with different people across and i think it helped me cuz uh, it helped me really broaden my vision for the brand as well because earlier i always thought that you know the first step would be to sort of expand the brand locally and then mm. once it did very well i'd think about what i want to do about international expansion but after the mba i feel that you know as long as i have my foundation and my logistics in place and there is demand i wouldn't be so afraid to you know approach international markets already if something uh, worked out Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah and that's also because i met so many different people from so many different places heard their stories of what they're doing and also i got more comfortable with international markets because i lived in one for a year so say if i had mm-hmm. to go to uk i feel like i know my way around i know the people you know there wouldn't mm-hmm. be this anxious feeling where i'm like oh god should i do it i know that you know <laughs> if i want to do it i, I can mm-hmm. yeah yeah so, yeah yeah just give me that extra confidence okay cool one of the questions you've actually already kind of answered but skills in the mba uh you've you've used in your in your new venture or you've gained um but are there any ones that maybe not necessarily that you've that you've learned but that you've put into place in the current venture i think um not as of now but in the due course of time maybe because i'm still um i'm yet to you know grow my team and mm. have like a corporate like you know have like a structure in place my, it what i'm doing now is still a startup model and it's me with you know just a few other people and i have like uh, agencies i outsource things from but once i have a legit team of my own i think that's when i would be able to put in place whatever i learned in the mba in terms of you know at least a uh, team building or leadership management and i think uh, you know how much ever we did laugh and joke about the leadership plus module not all but at least sometimes i think it did get me to think you know what sort of team would i want to lead or how would i lead it maybe i didn't put it on paper like they asked us to but you know i would go home and think that you know if when i knew i would build a team of mine at like at some point with house of aroma but you know mm-hmm. i did get to think that 
when I build my team, how am I going to do it and how am I going to lead and how am I going to tackle different situations? And maybe even if I don't exactly put in place what I learned, I have become more confident because I have already been exposed to certain situations that I will probably come across in the future with House mm-hmm. of Roma, you know, wherein, um, say, working with different kind of people or where, where they put us up with those mock situations where you were like, you know, if your employee says this, what are you going to do? I think just exposure to those kind of situations gives you the confidence that, okay, you know, it's fine. Certain situations come up and, you know, you, you just you can deal with yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So speaking of tricky situations, then what has been your biggest challenge for House of Aroma to date besides COVID-19? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, like I said, I think my biggest challenge has been that... Um, at times, things have seemed very slow, where mm. I know I am on the right path, but um, the results haven't come in as quickly as I had expected. And there have been times mm-hmm. where I'm wondering that, okay, you know, am I doing the right thing? Because, you know, even at my family business, the the path for the business had already been carved out. We all, we all, when I joined in, we already had the name in the market. We were already a company that was 60 years old. Even with Estee Lauder, mm. it is a global luxury brand. So when I worked there, there was never me carving my own path out in terms of gaining the client's confidence. It was already done mm. on what was already set up. So I think that is one of my challenges with House of Aroma that, you know, I, irrespective of uh, however slow it is, I need to know where I'm going and continue to, you know, stay on the path that I've decided to carve out for the brand. And I think that another one would definitely be a financial independence also, but that's fine. Mm. I mean, I mean, that is something a little bit different because uh, with Estee Lauder, I obviously was on a payroll and so was I with my family business. But uh, with House of Aroma, it's um, it's not as um, structured. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, but I think I'm dealing with that. So that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that <won't come> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I have to say... I love House of Aroma. For one, I've been following okay. you on Instagram. Yeah, Christine, my first international client. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the candle. There was a really big one. I think Ocean Scent. That was yeah. beautiful. Lasted for a long time and the smell was great. And then we still are using the lemongrass fuser in the office. And again, it smells, it smells great. So I greatly encourage people to go to your Instagram, House of Aroma. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Actually, I was following, you have a new, some new posts up about kind of DIY products. Oh, yeah, 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 we're doing that now. We're putting up DIY recipes because everyone's at home and bored anyway, so we thought it would be a good one. Yeah, I like the one about the orange peel. How does it work? So it's very easy. You just cut the peel into two halves, remove the pulp. And, you know, when you have that bowl sort of thing left of the lower half of the peel, you just literally mm. put oil in it. And the orange peel itself has this one stem. You just light that up and it'll last till like the oil lasts. It's cool. I'm going to try it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> if I do it and it's successful, I'll, I'll tag you. Oh, yeah. Cool. That'll be cool. <laughs> um, the last question is, do you have any tips for others in the same position? And or anything that you want to share that you wish you knew that you know now? Um, I think in terms of um, tips, it would be like uh, a lot of people do have startup ideas, but they don't implement those 
fearing that there are going to be a lot of risks so there's going to be financial instability or you know they second guess themselves so i think what i would say is that if you want to have an idea just go for it because at least for me i i wouldn't like the regret of knowing that um you know it could have been something but i didn't even try so i think if you have an idea you just need to go for it and even if it fails there'll definitely be something that you learn from it and you know i i always knew that i believe in this but i think this thought also sort of got reinforced in the entrepreneurship uh uh one of the entrepreneurship modules but i think i forgot the professor's name but he said it, he said it in one of one of the classes that literally every entrepreneur who made it big has at least failed three times and i was like okay mm. cool so that at least gives me the satisfaction <laughs> it's fine you just need to try <laughs> yes it's true you have to kind of keep getting back up again and i think because yeah. i've done some entrepreneurial ventures myself and and actually even this with marie is a, the modern mba is an entrepreneurial venture and it's mm. true you have to just have to keep getting back up and trying again and trying things differently because eventually yeah. you get there and you learn a lot along the way yeah you definitely do Rashi thank you so much so Rashi from Health of Aroma um <laughs> thank you so much for talking with us yeah um, thank you Rashi this was really fun and um interesting to interesting to hear more about your uh, your new venture as well i'm going to go and have a look at your instagram yes please follow me <laughs> <laughs> cool so if people want to look at your products go to instagram health of aroma or house of house of aroma.in for india Yo, my Instagram handle is House of Aroma India. Oh, sorry. <laughs> It's really interesting to hear about um hear Rashi's story. I guess like having other entrepreneurs in your family must make it a little bit less scary in some ways when you're starting something off on your own because there's always someone you can go to for advice and you've kind of seen other people in your in your family succeed as well. Absolutely. I think there's definitely some truth into the element of when you've seen something can be done, you it builds your confidence. It almost there's a, it's a really silly silly example, but Amarjeet and I play Scrabble all the time. And <laughs> and it wasn't until one of us got I don't know 300 cuz in the book it says, you know, if you get over 200 you're really doing well at Scrabble. And it hmm. wasn't until one of us got over 300 where we thought, actually you know it can be done and since then we we often score over 300 and it's a silly example but i do think there's when you see success you realize it can be done and that kind of sets you up for success not always but it helps it's it's so true like when i've managed teams in the past when you have kind of a high performer in that team who's able to go and like get really amazing results it's just it's incredible the impact that has on other people and allows them to see that yeah stuff it it is possible to you know to do those things and and to get those results yeah absolutely That's all for today's Modern MBA podcast. I'm Kristen and I'm Marie and until next time, goodbye. Bye.